0: Lori here, and welcome to the Awakening Moments Podcast. Grab a cup of tea and let's spend some time together. My co-host Rhonda and I are ordained ministers working together at Life Center Church. We are leaders, wives, moms, and longtime friends. In this podcast, we hope to share some meaningful moments from our lives, everything from lessons we've learned the hard way, or how to rise up in the midst of obstacles and insecurities. We will encourage you to take risks and remind you that you are deeply loved and completely worthy. Let's awaken life's most amazing moments together. In today's podcast, you're going to hear the opening session from Heart Conference 2019. This message is called Awaken Breakthrough. As God awakens breakthrough in your life, others may call you crazy, but remember, there is an exciting adventure on the other side of your breakthrough. Wow. I I feel like it like is this really happening? Where did you guys come from? Like seriously, you guys are on believable. Your worship, your hearts, your excitement. Oh my gosh, do you guys never get out? (laughs) Wow, like this is just (laughs) awesome. I'm just joking. Listen, I know it's all God. It is all God. God's presence is here. It's working. He's having his way. He's awakening something in us and I I'm probably the most excited of all, honestly. If you think you're excited, I am beside myself. And I literally am like pinching myself. Is this really happening? Is this weekend really happening? And I don't know if you're wondering why I'm up here speaking tonight, but um, our guest speaker, Margaret Feinberg, missed her flight. Yeah! So, (laughs) thanks, God. I mean, I guess... God had a completely different plan than we had this weekend, and that's okay. That's absolutely okay, because we would way rather go with God's plan than our plan anyways. But I was going to be speaking tomorrow, so we're going to just swap out, and it's going to be fantastic. She is on her way. She will be here much later tonight. But yeah, so surprise, (laughs) Pastor Lori speaking tonight. Awesome. I hope you don't feel duped, like, hey, I was coming for Margaret Feinberg. Anyways, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. God has something for us. And so my topic for tonight is awakening breakthrough. But actually, I wanted to call the message hashtag call me crazy. All right? I wanted to call it call me crazy because I believe with all of my heart that we are a group of women that are willing to be called crazy for Jesus Absolutely. I believe that we are a group of women that are going to step out and do things that other people don't think are possible. And other people are going to look and say, that's crazy. Why are you doing that? And I say, call me crazy. And you're going to say, it's all right. Call me crazy because God wants to do something absolutely extraordinary in our hearts and our lives today. And just as we get started, I want to show you this little video clip just to show what crazy can do.
1: If we show emotion, we're called dramatic. If we want to play against men, we're nuts. And if we dream of equal opportunity, delusional. When we stand for something, we're unhinged.
0: It's super, it's gonna need to calm down.
1: When we're too good, there's something wrong with us. And if we get angry, we're hysterical or rational or just being crazy. But a woman running a marathon was crazy. Officials tried to pull her off the course. A woman boxing was crazy. A woman dunking, crazy. Coaching an NBA team, crazy. A woman competing in a hijab, changing her sport, landing a double cork 1080, or winning 23 grand slams, having a baby, and then coming back for more? Crazy, 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 and crazy. So if they want to call you crazy, fine. Show them what crazy can do.
0: I can't even watch that without crying. But listen, ladies, you and I are going to be women that other people are going to call crazy, and we're going to show them. We're going to show the world what crazy can do. Every single time someone breaks through, Every single time someone breaks a barrier, it opens the way for others to break that same barrier. It's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. You see it in every realm of scientific discovery, of sports, of anything. You see every time someone breaks a barrier where people said that's not possible, It breaks open the way for everyone else to come along. And that's exactly what you and I are called to do. We're called to break through in our lives, not just for us. Because we're going to break through so that others can come behind and break through right along with us. And in January, I felt the Lord give me a word, a prophetic word for this conference. And I've been praying this word every single day. And I want to pray this word over you because I believe it's exactly what God wants to do in you and in me over this weekend. I believe the Lord is saying to us, behold, I am doing a new thing. It's springing forth now. Can you see it? I'm making a way where you are lost, confused, unsure, or afraid. I've provided refreshing for you when you are weak and tired. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, where your heart has hardened with walls of self-preservation and protection. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. My grace is sufficient for you, for your power is made perfect in weakness. Behold, I am doing a new thing. It's springing forth now. Can you see it? In the crushing and the pressing of the things that are holding you captive, I'm making new wine out of your life. This new wine must be put into new wineskins because there's new power, new freedom, new authority, and new boldness available for you. you. You must lay down your old ways, fears, insecurities, dreams, and desires, and receive this new anointing. For the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you because of my finished work on the cross, and I have anointed you to bring good news to the world, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, the opening of prison to those who are bound to comfort all who mourn, the oil of gladness instead of morning a garment of praise instead of a faint spirit for I will rebuild all that has been ruined I waste nothing for behold I am doing a new thing in you it's springing forth now can you see it Will you receive that? Will you receive that into your spirit and let God awaken something in your life this weekend, something new? He's doing a new thing, and it is so, so exciting. The reality is every single one of us here tonight needs a breakthrough in some way, shape, or form, whether for ourselves or someone we love, someone we're carrying deep in our heart. And for some of us, it's really big things. Some of you tonight are actually facing life-threatening illnesses that actually you may not make it, and you're having to walk a journey, and you need a breakthrough of healing in your life. For some of you, you are dealing dealing with a devastating marriage. Uh, issue in your marriage, uh, the breakup of your marriage, it is devastating. It is all consuming. For some of you, it's smaller things, and the enemy would like you to think that it's not a big deal and it's actually not holding you back. But for some of you, these smaller things, like insecurity or jealousy or envy, they are actually holding you back from stepping into the fullness of all that God has for you. And so each and every one of us has something, somewhere, that we need a breakthrough. And we need to believe with all our hearts that God is going to do that for us, that he already has gone ahead and he will do it. But there's a very real enemy of our soul that doesn't want us to be free, that doesn't want us to break through because he knows what will happen when we get free. He knows that not only when we get free, that so many others coming along with us will also get free. He doesn't want that to happen. He doesn't want that to happen. And, you know, we have to acknowledge that there is a realm of the spirit that is taking place all around us. And the enemy is feeding our mind constantly with these lies and these disqualifiers. And and, and it's so important because not acknowledging that that battle is taking place doesn't make it go away. We have to step in and acknowledge that that is a very, very real battle we face. And so tonight, I actually want to start by making a confession. I'm going to start just straight up honest and vulnerable. And to you, this may not be a big deal, but to me, this confession is something that I have battled with my entire life. On, as long as I can remember, I, as long as I have the memory of a young girl or a teenager going through my 20s, I've had this struggle, this vice, this thing that I cannot seem to get free from. And I've sometimes, different periods of my life, I've just excused it and just said, well, I'm just not that kind of person. But I know, I know, I know that I need to break through in this area. And I haven't been able to do it. And this vice that I have is the snooze button. And it sounds funny, but, but but it's true and it's serious. I have a real struggle getting out of bed in the morning. And, and I want to let you into this little picture of my life. And I feel like this has been going on every day for about 30 years. And so you're probably going to think, wow, you are actually crazy. But every single night before I go to bed, I set my alarm for 5 a.m., sometimes 6, but usually five. I set my alarm because every night when I go to bed, I say, tomorrow is going to be the day. Like I am going to become a morning person starting tomorrow. And I, and I believe myself. I, have been telling myself this for 30 years and I believe myself. What, What I, I, yeah. I know. I am Chris. Don't judge me. Listen, we all have our things, okay? But I actually do this. And so I, set, I get ready for bed. I set my alarm, 5 a.m. And then 5 a.m. comes in the morning. And so I hit my snooze button really fast because I don't want to wake up Jason. My husband is Jason. I don't want to wake him up. So I hit my snooze button really fast. And as I lie there, I think, what was I thinking Setting my alarm for five o'clock. I didn't go to bed till midnight. You can't live off five hours of sleep. I'm mean, going to be exhausted all day. Nine minutes later, my, my snooze goes off again. I hit it again. I'm like, wow, my, my bed is so warm and comfortable. I hate being cold. Okay, I hit my snooze button again. And then, so once I've had snooze twice, I fall into the sweetest sleep of my life. Like it is like better than the sleep I've had all night long. It is just, it is, it just, it's so intoxicating. It is, it's unbelievable. I literally just, I, I can't even, like there's no way I physically could even get myself out of bed even if I wanted to. I'm just in such a deep, and I do that. And, and please listen, be nice. We're women, let's not judge each other this weekend, but I, I do it for at least an hour. Sometimes two hours. And do you know Jason never says anything? <laughs> he sets his alarm every day for seven, and he just gets up. <laughs> he never says anything. He never says anything. Like, I, I, he's, he's so kind and gracious. But, but really, that's just a little picture into an area of my life that I just can't seem to get a handle on. But the Lord dropped this thought in my heart about how many of us are pressing snooze on so many things in our lives. How many things are God asking us to do, asking us to lay down, places he's asking us to step out in, and instead of taking that step, instead of waking up, instead of getting out of bed, we just hit the snooze button again and wait for another time Maybe a better time, a better circumstance, or when I'm doing better, or when this situation changes. The snooze button represents the things in our life we keep putting off, we keep avoiding, or we keep avoiding wanting to face. Now, I want to unpack a little story in 1 Samuel 13 with you guys today. And I feel like it has some really, really neat truths for us. It's kind of a random and weird story, but I feel like God wants to show us some things through this scripture today. And so I'm just going to start by reading verse 19 to 22 from 1 Samuel 13. If you have your Bibles, feel free to open them up and follow along, or you can just follow along on the screen. So it says, Now there was no blacksmith to be found throughout all the land of Israel. For the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make themselves swords or spears. Let me just go back for a minute. In this story, in this scripture, the Hebrews, the children of Israel, are in captivity to the Philistines. A couple chapters later, in fact, I actually think it might be the next chapter, um, is David and Goliath. So some breakthrough is coming. But in this story, they are in captivity. So the Philistines said they cannot have any blacksmiths because they don't want any metal weapons. They don't want any swords, any spears. They don't want anything that they could fight against the Philistine people with. But every one of the Israelites, I love this, but, first, but, 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 but. And everyone, everyone, so but and everyone, I I don't think this is an exaggeration, but everyone, every one of the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen his plowshare, his mattock, his axe, and his sickle. I'm guessing those are farming tools, I don't really know what they are and I didn't look them up, but I'm sure there's some sort of farming tools that have a wooden handle on them. And so they went down to the Philistines to sharpen these things, to use them as weapons in in case or when they go into battle. And the charge was, and they charged them for each one. They did a charge for each different tool. They had a different charge on that. And verse 22 goes on to say, So the day of the battle, there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any people with Saul and Jonathan, except for Saul and Jonathan had a sword on them. So God showed me three little things from this portion of Scripture that I want to share with you tonight. Number one. Number one. Number one is the enemy has taken away our freedom. And so when we need a breakthrough, when we're in bondage or captivity to something in our life, the enemy has taken away our freedom in that place. And what he does in that place is he makes us believe that we're powerless to fight. We're powerless because of this captivity, that we can't stand up and fight. But there's always a but, isn't there? There's always a but with God. Every one of the Israelites went down to sharpen their plowshare. They took what they had in their hand and they went and they made something with it. Was it adequate? Definitely not. Against a, a sword or a spear, I'm sure a wooden stick that's sharpened isn't really going to do much. But... They were with God, and they still did something with what they had. And the truth is that when we take what God has placed in our hands and we step in to battle to face those things, those places that were captive in our lives, God goes with us. And who can stand against our God? Who can stand against our God? But it costs them something. They had to go, they had to sharpen their tools, but they charged them for it. And the truth is, whenever we take ground in our lives, whenever we step in for breakthrough in our lives, it's going to cost us something. It's not going to come for free. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be opposition. It's going to cost us something. And sometimes the cost, we just say, forget it. And we stay in captivity. But not this day. Not this day in this story. In this story, they paid what they need to pay. And they sharpened the tools that they had. You see, the tools that you and I have to fight the battles that are in our lives will never, never be sufficient. And they were never meant to be. But Satan wants us to believe that that is why we're not free. But call me crazy. It's not about the tools in your hand, but the one that fights for you. Right? Right? Your enemy wants you to believe that you're absolutely powerless with those inadequate weapons in your hand. But God wants you to know that he is the one that fights for you. And so if you will pick up that inadequate tool that you have in your hand and you will fight with him, he will fight for you. The enemy wants you to believe that if you came from a dysfunctional family, that you will never be able to change that in your life or for your family. But God says, despite your family of origin, I am doing a new thing in you. The enemy wants you to believe that because you're chronically sick or you're dealing with an a physical illness that is limiting you, that you will never be able to truly fulfill your purpose on the earth and you will always be a burden and you will never be healed. But God says, despite your physical limitation, I am making all things new in you. The enemy wants you to believe that because you struggle in school, or maybe you did struggle in school when you were younger, that you're actually just not smart enough. And you will never have what you really need to be successful in life. But God says, the gifts that I have placed in your life cannot be measured by man's standards. The enemy wants you to believe that you are alone and that nobody really understands you. The enemy wants you to believe that you have to suffer in your own anxiety and your own depression all on your own. He wants you to believe that the only way to end your pain is to end it all. And that actually that would be better for everyone. But the truth is, God says, be strong and courageous because I am with you wherever you go. Hold on, I will never ever leave you. And I want to stop there for a second, because I feel like the Lord has a word for someone here today. And I don't know if you have the courage to identify yourself, but I believe that God's word is so powerful that it has the power to change and transform and break yokes over your life and the places where the enemy has lied to you, lied to you and called you things, God wants to give you a new identity and he wants to show you it through his word. And if you feel like that's you tonight, if you know that God is calling you to go deeper in his word so you can understand your true identity, This Bible's for you. So if you want to come up and get it right now, you can, or you can come and see me after. I know it's a little awkward, but I'd love to pray for you too. Is this for someone? Do you feel, does someone feel like it's? I knew it was for someone here tonight. Aunt Sharon. This is not my aunt, but this is Rhonda's Aunt Sharon, but she's my aunt, too, because I grew up with her Aunt Sharon. Listen, God is transforming your life. He's going to take your past, and he is going to use it. He's going to redeem all that the enemy has stolen from you, and he is going to use your life to speak hope and truth, but it's going to come as you get into his word, as you become a knower of his word because he wants to give you a new identity through his word. He wants to completely renew and change and transform you through his word. So this is for you today. Good things are in store. God is awakening something new. I just love the courage of someone to stand up in the middle of a meeting and say, that's for me. I want that. I want that. That is faith. That is a gift of faith. And Sharon, you have great faith. I love that. I love that. That is so powerful. The enemy of your soul wants you to believe that you have nothing to fight with because he's actually afraid. He's so afraid of you. He's afraid of you finding out the truth. The truth that what God has done is so far greater than anything that he can throw at you. He doesn't want you to find out the truth that the tools, although they seem so inadequate, that they are more than enough. They are more than enough in God's hands because he is the one that fights for you. So often we think, I think about forgiveness. I think about the power of forgiveness. We think it's so small, it can't change the situation that I'm in. Do you know what they did to me? Do you know how they hurt me? I'm telling you, although small and seemingly inadequate, if you step in and break through in forgiveness, God will redeem beyond what you could ever ever, ever imagine. And the enemy doesn't want you to ever know that. Even though the Philistines in our story, which represent God's enemy, held them captive and would not let them have metal weapons, the truth is God didn't need those weapons to overthrow the enemy. All he needed was someone to believe that it was possible to win. Call me crazy, but I believe that you are women who believe it's possible for breakthrough despite the inadequate weapons in your hand. First Samuel 14, 14, says this, one day Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who carried his armor, come let us go over to the Philistine garrison on the other side. But he did not tell his father Saul was staying in the outskirts of Gibeah in the pomegranate cave at Migron. You know, sometimes we just have to get up and go. We gotta stop hitting the snooze. We gotta shut off the alarm. We gotta get up out of bed and we gotta go. And sometimes we can't tell people about it. Because sometimes the people closest to us, in this case, Jonathan's dad, Sometimes the people closest to us won't understand. And sometimes they're going through their own stuff. And sometimes they can be the very ones that set the obstacles. They don't mean to, they don't even realize that they're doing it. But sometimes we can't tell anyone about it. We just got to go. We just got to go. We just got to respond to what it is that God has put on our heart. You see, Saul was staying in the outskirts, hiding out in a pomegranate cave. And when we're held captive by our enemy, that's actually our human nature. That's our tendency to go hide out, to go find somewhere comfortable, somewhere that feels safe. But every time we hide, it always has the same root. It's fear. And one of my mentors, Ruth Cullen, she always says this: that fear stands for false evidence appearing real. Can you imagine if we believe that? When we are gripped with fear that it's only false evidence that just appears as real. What could it change how we respond, what we do, when we step out? If we didn't even believe that fear itself, there was nothing to fear because it's false evidence appearing real. But the enemy of our soul will use fear every single time to keep you from your breakthrough. And honestly, a pomegranate cave sounds absolutely lovely. I love pomegranates. Like, I love them. I hate peeling them because they take forever. But I love them. I absolutely love them. And hanging out in a pomegranate cave with a bunch of my friends, running from my enemy, that sounds actually like a lot of fun. But hiding out in the pomegranate cave is just like hitting the snooze button. Over and over and over again. It's choosing comfort and often a false sense of comfort because we're really just avoiding what it is we need to do. When I'm snoozing in my life, I just make myself really, really busy, just full of lots of things because it's a way that I can avoid what's really going on in here. But for others of you, it looks like just pulling away, pulling away from relationship, maybe hiding out in your house, spending more time at home avoiding social contact, maybe even avoiding eye contact with people, For others, it's sleeping or sleeping more or sleeping in. For others, it's indulgences, maybe overeating or addictions, anything to numb out or avoid what it is we're supposed to lean into. Some of us just overcompensate with our words or in our actions. We try to appear like everything is great. We try to put on a good front, but really We're just avoiding the very thing that is gripping us inside. Each one of us has different things, different triggers when we're hiding in the pomegranate cave, when we keep hitting the snooze button of our life. Because snoozing feels safe. It feels like we can take a deep breath and just avoid the discomfort or the anxiety or the fear But actually, it's a false sense of security because when we wake up and when we finally do get up, all that we need to face is still right there. But the truth is that sometimes we just get tired. Sometimes we just get weary in the battle. And sometimes, literally in the morning when I hit my snooze button, I'm just really tired. I just went to bed too late and I need more sleep. I'm tired. And you know what? It's okay. It's okay to stop and rest sometimes, but it can become a place of comfort. It can become a habit. It can become a habit. And God wants us to lean in because he is going to do far more than we could ever hope or imagine as we lean into him. It said in the scripture, one day. One day, Jonathan said, let's go. It's time to go and get out of bed. But when will your one day be? When will your one day be? You will have a one day. But where will that one day be when you will hit the snooze button for the final time and you will get out of bed and you will go and you will allow God to awaken something new in you? In 1 Samuel 14, verse 6 to 7, it says, Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or few. And his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul. What a prayer. What a prayer that is. Imagine if we prayed that right now to God. Do all, God, do all that is in your heart to do in my life. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul. Imagine if that was the prayer of our heart. God, whatever it is that you're asking me to do, behold, I am with you heart and soul. I will give it everything I have. I know that what I have is not enough, but I will give it all to you. And I know you can do something great with it. What did Jonathan say here? Nothing can hinder the Lord. Nothing can hinder the Lord by saving many or by few. It doesn't matter how many you have with you, it doesn't matter what kind of weapons you have to fight. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. Call me crazy, but will you have the courage to go? Will you have the courage to go? I believe you'll have the courage to go when you believe with all of your heart that nothing will hinder the Lord by few or by many. The victory is the Lord's. The victory is the Lord's. And we are an army of women. We are an army of women that God wants to use to bring his hope to the world. You know, this very conference was literally birthed out of a tiny group of women meeting in a small group many, 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 many years ago. Many, many, many years ago. But a dream started. What if, what if, what if an army of women gathered and said yes to God? What could happen God loves to reveal his power, which is why when we're weak, we are strong. The less weapons we have, the more room God has to work with. But it takes, like Hannah shared, a space of us entering into a scary zone of vulnerability. We've got to be able to acknowledge our broken spaces. We've got to be able to acknowledge where it is that we lack. You know, one thing I love about the gospel is that the gospel equalizes everything. It says that for all have fallen short of God's glory, every single one of us. You know, so often we like to compare. We like to think that maybe our goodness somehow earns us brownie points with God somehow that when I'm extra kind to people I don't like I was gonna say my mother-in-law but I love my mother-in-law so that didn't work Like that's what came to my head and she's sitting around I love her so that that that, that does not apply I don't have to try to be extra kind I love her very much she's amazing um, but what it doesn't earn us brownie points with God that doesn't put us in right standing with God it is by the cross alone and the Bible says Says that all of us have fallen short. You know, there's a story in the Bible where a group of Pharisees, a group of religious people brought a woman before Jesus who was caught in the very act of adultery. And I think her title is The Sinful Woman, as if we're not all sinful. And it so saddens Jesus because the Pharisees don't realize that they are the sinful woman, that we are the sinful woman, that every single one of us is in need of the kind of saving that Jesus brought to her life. But the scriptures say that those who have been saved from much love much. Do you know what you have been saved from? Do you realize what you have been saved from? When you realize what God has done for you, what Jesus has done for you on the cross, you love much. You're filled with so much gratitude. You're filled with so much love. And that love is meant to be brought to the world around us. My life is not always easy. I go through difficult times. In fact, probably on a weekly basis, there is a challenge that comes up in my life that I feel completely inadequate for, hello, opening the co- opening night cover of the conference, where I brought a world-renowned speaker in, every single week of my life, God puts something before me that I feel completely inadequate to lean into. And sometimes I'm even filled with anxiety, and I get a knot in my stomach, or I feel sick to my stomach, or I have a sleepless night, or I fret and I, I turn about it, and, and so Sometimes I even get completely paralyzed, like I just can't do anything because I just don't know what to do and I feel so inadequate in the moment for whatever it is, that task at hand. Sometimes I need a fresh awakening, a reminder that the inadequate weapons in my hand are more than enough. For God to use. If I go with him, he will fight my battle for me. So I don't have to be concerned. I don't have to look at how inadequate the tool in my hand is. I can look and see that in God, all things are possible. And about a month ago, I went on a 48-hour prayer retreat, a silent retreat, just me, myself. It wasn't organized with anybody. I just literally went to a house by myself with my Bible, worship music, and I fasted. I didn't watch any TV. I didn't do anything else, nothing else. When I got there, I was like, okay, so what am I going to do? So, you know, it started off a little slow because, like, I was by myself. I love chatting and talking, and, you know, I didn't nap. I didn't eat. I didn't have to clean. I just literally sat down on the couch. I opened my Bible, and I started to read. And I can't even tell you what happened in that 48 hours because the 48 hours passed and I don't even know what I did. I I don't even know what I did for 48 hours. I, I just literally had a time with Jesus. And for me, fasting and praying is a huge, huge way that God allows an awakening to come into my life, especially when there's an area of my life that needs Breakthrough where I feel captive to. And I felt like the Lord said to me to wake up at 5 a.m. on my prayer retreat. And so, well, I mean, he asked me to wake up at 5 a.m. all the time. So, But I was like, okay, well, I'm on a prayer retreat, so I'm gonna wake up at 5 a.m. So I set my alarm, just like I did every other day. And when I went to bed, I was like, I'm gonna do it this time. I really am, just like I do every other night. I did, I actually got up. I got up at 5 a.m., and, yeah, it was, and it was amazing. Like, it was actually, actually amazing. I put on some worship music, and I spent time with the Lord. And it was beyond amazing. It was actually just one of the most sweetest moments of my life. The next day, I got up again, 5 a.m. I was, I'm by myself. Why am I getting up at 5 a.m.? I could sleep all day if I wanted to. But, no, that's not what I felt like I was called to do. Got up at 5 a.m. again. Spent time with the Lord. Spent time with the Lord. God was awakening something new, and I'm telling you, every day since, I've been up at 5 a.m. <laughs> listen, listen, <laughs> It's not it's not me. It's honestly not me because for 30 years, 30 years of my life, I have not been able to do it. I have not been able to do it, but God has awakened something new. And I'm telling you there is breakthrough. There is breakthrough for you. There is breakthrough for me. God is doing a new thing in us. He's awakening something new, and it is so far beyond what we can even articulate so far beyond what we could even imagine, because it's so much bigger than us. But we need to fight for our breakthrough with whatever it is that we have in our hands. And sometimes the only thing that you have in your hand is just getting out of bed in the morning. Sometimes the only thing you have is that next breath. Okay, God, I'll take another breath. Okay, God, I'll take another step. Just one more step. But in God's hands, it's more than enough to overcome. It's more than enough to break through with what God wants to do in your life. Call me crazy, but you are going to break through because Jesus has already broke through for you. And it sounds crazy. It really does. It sounds crazy, but let them call you crazy. Let them call you crazy when you stand in an inadequate place, but you go with God. Let them call you crazy all they want. Because we have to go from a place of recognizing that what we have is not enough. Because it's not going to come by our might or by our power. It is by a move of God's spirit, says the Lord. And that is where we're going to experience breakthrough. We get to partner with the God of heaven and earth for our breakthroughs. We get to partner with him. And it is so much bigger than you. It's so much bigger than you. It's not just a about that thing it's not just about getting up in the morning I mean at the end of the day I spend time with God in the morning or night what does it really matter if God's asking me to do it then there's something important that I need to do there's a reason there's something that God wants to do for you and we disqualify and we diminish in our mind but that's the enemy because he doesn't want you to break through but let me tell you God has already broken through for you So put that inadequate weapon in your hand and stand up and get your breakthrough. It's time to stop pressing the snooze button in our lives and stand with our Savior Jesus who has already won the battle on our behalf. Someone had to start. Someone had to be crazy like Jonathan and go forward with God. And when he did, he made a way for everyone else to come along. Your freedom has already come in the person of Jesus Christ. Are you crazy enough to believe that tonight? Are you crazy enough to believe that what he did on the cross was enough? It was enough for your freedom. Are you crazy enough to believe that? You see, Jesus is our better Jonathan, and he has stood in the face of our enemy, and he has taken on all of our pain, and all of our shame, and all of our brokenness, and he has put it on himself, and he has stood and won and made a way for us to stand in our breakthrough. And you know what he says when we break through? He calls it our breakthrough. He says you broke through, but he actually broke through. But he calls it our breakthrough. And we celebrate and we testify because that's how much he loves us. Ladies, there is something so much greater that God wants to do in your life and through your life and your breakthrough Your breakthrough, whatever it is, is a key. It's a key to God beginning to move in your life. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is going to do it. I know he's going to do it. I know he's going to do it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what you're contending for. I don't know what your everyday frustrating craziness is. But I know that God is more than able, more than able. And if you put that inadequate weapon, that inadequate tool in God's hand, you will Find your freedom, because Jesus has already done it. You know, every single seat in this place has been prayed for specifically. Hands laid on every single seat and prayed for, because we know that God is going to do something extraordinary. And we have been praying for you. And every single seat has a little note on it. A little word of encouragement. And so I actually want you to put your right hand down. And if you feel there's in between your seat, there's a little black, uh, like a little black part in between your seat. And there's a yellow sticky. And if you just put your hand down, if you put your right hand down and find your sticky, there's a little note there for you. And I want you just to hold on to that note because it just might be a personal word from God for you. Because sometimes we just need to be reminded. Sometimes we need to be reminded that there's more in us. I apologize because the lighting probably makes it so that you can't even read the note right now. So it'll be a surprise for you when you get home. (laughs) Put it in your purse. Put it in your purse. But sometimes we need to be reminded about what we mean to God. We need to be reminded of our identity. We need to be reminded of who God is because we forget again and again and again. And so I want you to think a little bit about your life. And I want you to think about the areas of your life that you've been hitting the snooze button. I want you to think about maybe that thing. Maybe there's one thing that the Holy Spirit is kind of putting on your heart. Maybe it's a conversation, a really hard one, that you need to have with someone you care about. Maybe you need to put down an addiction. Maybe there's an an area of self-discipline that you need to lean into. Maybe it's just a shifting Of perspective in your mind but there's something that it's time to stop hitting snooze and it's time to awaken and it's time to let God show you that he has already broken through for you and I don't want to assume that every single person in this room has a relationship with Jesus because I know that there could be some there could be some of you that maybe a friend brought you here or maybe you've been away from God for a time, but I want you to know that what Jesus did on the cross, it was for you, that he was thinking about you. And God set this whole plan in motion so that he could restore relationship with you because he loves you that much. And he wants to awaken you to the fullness of all that he has created inside of you. And so if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, we want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus. And it is as easy as praying a simple prayer, a prayer of surrender, a prayer of God. I believe that you can do it. I believe that you died for me so that I could be made new. So I'm going to actually ask for everyone in this place, even if there's just one, even if there's two, I'm going to ask you all just to pray with me, just a quick prayer. And if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, maybe for the first time, or maybe you're renewing your faith right here and right now, I don't want to go a minute further without doing that. Let's pray together, and I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I thank you for loving me that much. I want to surrender my life to you. I know that I'm inadequate. But I believe that my life in your hands, anything is possible. So would you come into my life, save me today, give me a new life, thank you, I love you, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. But I want you to ask yourself, here and now, Are you crazy enough to believe that Jesus has already broken through for you? Are you crazy enough to believe that Jesus has broken through for your coworker, for your sister, for your mom, for your daughter, for your friend, for your son, for that person that you're believing for? Are you crazy enough to stop snoozing and to get up and to go knowing you don't have what it takes, but Jesus does. If you're crazy enough to believe that, I want you to stand in this place tonight. If you're crazy enough to believe that even though you don't have what it takes, Jesus does, I want you to stand and I want to pray over you. And I'm going to invite the ministry team to come forward and just to prepare for a time at the front. Because I know, I know that the enemy has bound some of you. I know that for some of you, you say, but I've tried. I've tried so hard to get free. And for some of you tonight, your breakthrough is going to come when someone lays hands on you. And prays for you and agrees with you that Jesus has already broken through for you. But for some of you, it's going to come right now. So just put your hands in a posture of surrender and let's pray. Father God, I thank you for what you're doing in this place tonight. I thank you that you are awakening something new inside of us, something that maybe we don't even understand. And I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would begin to break, that you would begin to break strongholds over women that are holding them back. God, that you would begin to go to those places in their heart, those places where they are held back and limited by the enemy, I pray, Father God, that you would break, Father God, any habits that are holding them back in Jesus' name. I pray, Jesus, that you would bring freedom in this place like we have never seen before. And I pray, God, that you would infuse us with faith, oh God, to grab hold of that breakthrough. Because, Jesus, you took it all on the cross, everything that we have Everything that we have limiting us, holding us back, the things that we're struggling in, the things that have happened to us, our past, God, you have broken through already. So by faith, we grab hold of that in this moment, and we ask, God, awaken something new in us today. Awaken something new, we pray. Oh, Jesus, we know that you can do it. We know that you can do it. We know that you already have. God, allow that breakthrough to to manifest in our lives. God, we want to see it. We want to see it in a way that we've never seen it before. God, we thank you for doing a new thing in us. We believe it, God. We believe it and we receive it in this moment. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The end of our story ends like this and Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me for the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. And there was a great panic in the Philistine camp, in the field and among all the people, the garrison and even the raiders trembled. The earth quaked and it became a very great panic. That is exactly what's going to happen to our enemy as we grab hold of our breakthrough. There's going to be a very great panic. He's going to be trembling because as we step into that breakthrough and he knows that he can't hold us back anymore as we put our inadequate weapons in the hands of our God who fights for us, there's nothing stopping us. There's nothing stopping us. So ladies, don't leave here tonight. Don't leave here tonight unless you believe it. You believe it with all of your heart. And I encourage you, if you need prayer tonight, come forward. Come and receive prayer from one of these ladies. And let them believe with you for breakthrough for whatever it is. Even if it's for someone in your family. Even if it's for someone you love. Even if it's for something you think is really ridiculous. If you need a breakthrough, come forward. But I don't. you don't need to rush out of here. Feel free to sit in this moment. Rest in it. Let God speak to you. This is a conference. It's a weekend. It's not about getting in and out real fast. It's about really letting God speak, listening to his voice. So I just encourage you to sit. You can sit back down. You can rest in this moment as Bethany plays over us. But if you need prayer, the altars are open we're just gonna give you a few minutes just to think about all that God is speaking to you today may the Lord bless you we have an incredible incredible weekend planned and I cannot believe this is just the beginning I'm so thankful to each and every one of you for pressing in the way that you have pressed in but know, know that your breakthrough is right there. Grab hold, grab hold of it tonight. Thank you for listening to the Awakening Moments podcast today. Like or subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Lori Boucher and Rhonda.corto. May you be awakened to the moments that matter the most.